Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, Brian Buffini here, and welcome to It's a Good Life. You know, a lot of people have been reaching out to me. Uh, They've experienced a lot of setbacks, difficulties. People are telling me they've lost a year. They can't remember whether something was 2019 or 2020 or 2021. It's all jumbled together. And I think there's a lot of that going on. And different themes with the questions I've been getting and concerns or struggles that people are having. And so that inspired today's message, how to make a good comeback. And we're going to put the the comeback and a good comeback back in the good life. A comeback by its very definition is a return to a former good position or condition. Obviously, we all know we've had this worldwide pandemic. There's been all of these consequences as a result of it. People are saying, I want to get back to normal. And then others are going, there's a new normal. And, you know, all of these different variables and discussions and politics and all these different things. But at the end of the day, for us personally, on our individual journeys and walks in life, how to make a good comeback. And so I got three things to think about. First thing I want to talk to you about is, and it's just, the universal experience we all have. First, failure stinks. It just does. We're going to walk through what that and what, what a failure or an experience of failure or a setback really looks like. The second thing we're going to talk about is fail again and fail better, which is high performance, high achievers mindset towards failure. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how to be the comeback kid. So the first thing, failure stinks. Right here in San Diego, the great Dennis Wade, he lives here. He said, Failure is like fertilizer. It stinks to be sure, but it makes things grow faster in the future. Oh boy, if all you got today was that. Failure is like fertilizer. It stinks to be sure. I mean, sounds a little Irish there, Dennis. But it makes things grow faster in the future. It sure does. You know, and I've talked about it in the past that I think the key ingredient for growth is humility. And the root word for the word humility is humus. Right, So the humus soil is six to nine inches below the surface. That's why a farmer, he or she plows their field. Right? If you've ever seen a plow, it's like a blade. And it cuts through the surface of the ground, and then it turns the soil. It turns the soil. And what does it do? It takes the humus soil that's nutrient-rich, and it takes that most fertile soil, and it takes it from the bottom and turns it to the top. So when the seeds are planted, the growth is most significant. And it seems like in life, and my faith tradition, is sometimes God takes a knife to the heart. Sometimes life takes a knife to the heart. And our life turns upside down. And that hard exterior gets turned upside down. And that's why that humus, that humility, is ultimately the greatest growth experiences typically in a person's life are after a major setback or difficulty or a challenge because that's where the opportunity to grow actually is. So failure stinks, but it is a fertilizer, and it helps things to grow faster. It's just a a part of life. David Kelly's a TV writer in Hollywood just up the road, and he goes, failure sucks, but instructs. (laughs) You know, pretty good. Tal Ben-Shahar, who's an Israeli-American author, he's done some brilliant work on the subject of happiness, and he said that failure is an inescapable part of life and a critically important part of any successful life. And I just think this is is not what people think about today. 
We're trying to avoid difficulty. We're trying to avoid setbacks. We typically don't want to put ourselves out there. You know, you watch sports and somebody fails and it's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. There's a chance to bounce back and be better. And uh, you have to be willing, right? The better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. 2019 study on failure by Northwestern University found that failure is the essential prerequisite for success. The research found that trying again and again only works if you learn from your previous failure. So the idea then is to work smart, not hard. So I did this, I tried this, this didn't work, this didn't work, but I tried that, I learned from it, I learned from it. So yeah, failure stinks. It's part of that fertilizer. The next thing is, we talk about failure is the school of hard knocks. Albert Einstein said there's only one road to human greatness through the school of hard knocks. It's experiential knowledge. A lot of times, experience is getting a lot of what you don't want. Now, again, I know this is like you're tuning in and many of you want to feel better and you want to get away from all the negativity. The bottom line is we have to have optimism rooted in realism. And the realism is in every book of success, there's chapters of failure. There's setbacks and difficulties along the way. It's just part of the deal. And it's part of the refining process. And it's not always fun and it's not always easy, but it makes us better. And, you know, you put the gold in the crucible and, you you know, it's 14 karat gold and you heat it up and it's put in the fire and the dross burns off. The impurities in the gold burns off and the gold becomes more pure. Now it's 18 karat gold. Now it's put back in the crucible. It becomes 24 karat gold. The more it's under fire, the more the dross burns off. And I think that's what happens in our life. It seems to be the dynamic. Another great uh, anonymous quote, actually, is the school of hard knocks is an accelerated curriculum, no doubt about it. Benjamin Disraeli, who was a prime minister in England in the 1800s, said there's no education like adversity. And what's interesting, and in modern-day parenting, a father of six kids, what I have witnessed in sports teams, in education, in extracurricular activities where I've interacted with other families, parents are going to extraordinary lengths to protect their kids from adversity. Now, I do not like my kids going through difficulties. I don't like them experiencing failures and setbacks and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, it's the making of you. You know, my daughter Anna has a huge following on social media. You know, she's got the big Instagram personality. She's the first African-American in the history of the U.S. equestrian team. She's brilliant writer, beautiful girl, a fantastic person. And people think she's got this perfect life and this and that and the other, and she's in great shape and she posts her workouts and all this type of stuff. In the last 12 months, my daughters had to put down three horses. And these aren't just like, this is not a commodity. Like one of them was a five-year-old, actually my horse, Faith, beautiful, most beautiful horse we own, developed tumors the size of basketballs. And we had to put the horse down. She bought a horse named Don Diego who was going to take her to the Olympics. This was one of the most talented, fabulous horses you ever saw and we fought for this horse and we loved on this horse and she cares for her horses like none other and it got a, it got a disease it got a disease and had to be put down at it at it to be humane and then her champion horse who was her favorite the great sunday boy same thing and it, so here it is people from afar and also people from instagram land and following her on social media she's doing her workouts she's sharing quotes she's doing this and she shares difficult things as well But people think, oh my gosh, she's just living her best life. She's a dream life and whatever else. And she's had a really good year. She made the U.S. equestrian team. She got to compete 
over in Europe. She finished fourth in a field she was supposed to finish 33rd in. She's had this great year, and there's been a lot of challenge and setback and failure in the midst of it. It's not easy. It's not easy. So that adversity that we go through is the making of us, uh, because you have to go through it, and then you have to maintain your humanity. You have to grieve. You have to learn how to handle that. You have to handle the emotions of that. Sometimes there's a, a spiritual reckoning and conversation that needs to take place, but you have the chance to come and bounce back. And then the last piece about failure's thinking is that failure is a teacher. It's not an undertaker. And that was, that was the great Zig Ziglar used to say that, make, teacher, make uh, failure your teacher, not your undertaker. My favorite quote about failure from Zig Ziglar was that failure was an event, not a person. And that's what happens. We have a tendency to personalize setbacks. We have a tendency to go, you know, something failed or something didn't go right. Therefore, I'm not right. I'm a failure. As opposed to, no, you, you, you know, you're going to break some eggs while making an omelet. It's part of the deal. Now, you're hoping they're not too severe a setback, you know, hope they're not, you know, terminal mistakes that are made, but ultimately you have to learn from it. Jason Verse uh, said, the best education we can ever receive is from the University of Adversity. It's the only institute of learning that rewards us when we fail. Some great stuff here. And then J.K. Rowling, you know, who's one of the best-selling authors of all time, the Harry Potter series, you know, single mom. She was on food stamps in Scotland at one stage. And she goes, failure's not fun. It can be awful. But living so cautiously that you never fail is worse. And that's the question. And, I, and I'll be candid with you. You know, I've had seasons where it's hit me one after another, after setback, after setback. And I'm known as that gritty, grinding, driving guy. But I'm t- there's times I've thought, maybe I just shouldn't put myself out there. And you have those thoughts. But at the end of the day, it's about putting yourself out there. It's about being in the game because that's what the good life is. Otherwise, you're just not living. You're just not living at all. You're avoiding. And in the world we're living in today, there's a lot of people who are doing that. There's a lot of people post-COVID. They've just decided, you know, this is a great idea to lock down. I'm going to lock down. I'm going to stay indoors. They develop these bad habits and it's all indoors all the time. And, you know, it's ironic. And I want to say some things here. And I'm, again, I'm just here to speak my mind. I, you know, I don't really care about the political climates or what's politically correct or whatever else. I just want to, I want to be loving. I want to be encouraging. I want to be uh, hopeful to people. But at the same time, when people got locked down, it just happens to be similar times when pot was made legal all over the country. So now, hey, stay at home. Don't go to work. Smoke pot all day. By the way, Netflix is, and Disney Plus and every streaming service is around. So stay at home. Stay stoned. You know, chill out eat comfort food, and, uh, you know, be good. And we have a lot of things going on. Now, there's people who are reassessing their life. Uh, you know, we're seeing it all over. In sports, in college sports, there is a massive increase in the number of kids that have entered what's called the transfer portal, which is they're playing for a school, and they've decided they're going to make a change for whatever reason, and they're moving. We've had the uh, great resignation where 11 million people in the United States alone have resigned their jobs in the last three months. Now, sometimes it's, I want a better job. Sometimes it's, I want to I really pursue my purpose and passion. Some is, I maybe I want to go back to school and get educated. And some are checking out of the workforce. Uh, and you'll see this stuff, and I do this in my bold predictions, where, oh, the people are talking about the employment rate and percentages. There's 5 million people less 
that are at work today in the United States and in February uh, two years ago. And so there's 5 million people not working, that were working. There's 11 million job openings. So there's plenty of work. There's plenty of work. And yet there's people who are resigning their jobs and there's people who are not re-entering the workforce. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a simple answer for that. I really haven't heard a good one economically. But I think there's some dynamics going on social-wise that uh, people are not only rethinking their life, but some people are just checking out. And so if I'm reaching you today, and if you've gotten a bit too comfortable, or you've, you know, maybe you don't even realize that you've kind of receded a little bit, I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. You, you can be a great comeback story. Your best days are still yet to happen. You, you've had some difficulties or some challenges. You know, it, it makes you bigger. It makes you broader. That soil, that humus, that humility is beneath the ground. And if we can proactively turn the soil, plant some seeds, and get exposed to some fertilizer, okay, things that'll make us grow, put ourselves in a position to grow, hang out with people that can help us grow. My goodness, what a comeback is there to be had. And your comeback story is your story of inspiration. In fact, in a future episode, I'm going to share with you on It's a Good Life some fantastic comeback stories. And I will tell you, all comeback stories are ultimately embarrassed about where they were at one stage. You know, we do the good life stories at Buffini and Company. And if you go on our website, you'll see these fabulous stories of people who significantly turned around their business and lives. And whenever we send the film crew out to meet with them, and we're very gracious and patient with people, people are typically embarrassed about the situation that to everyone else is inspiring. Oh, I was in a lot of debt, and we came through it, and whatever else. They're kind of embarrassed they got into that mistake. They don't want anybody to really know that. But that's the part that actually inspires other people. Your comeback story can be the inspiration to others. It can be inspirational to those you love, those around you, those in your immediate sphere of influence, and beyond. And it's if you continue to persevere. So yeah, let's get over it. Failure does stink, but it's a part of life. It's a school of hard knocks. And it can be our teacher, not our undertaker. Here's a second major principle, which is fail again and fail better. And this is ultimately how successful people come back from failure. Fail again, but fail better. So I'm going to walk you through this. How do successful people handle failure? Well, they acknowledge the failure, they learn from the failure, and they believe the failure is temporary, not permanent. So let's talk about that. So first of all, they acknowledge failure. Samuel Beckett said, Ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. Mr. Beckett had a few good things to say. F. Scott Fitzgerald, another brilliant person, said, Never confuse a single defeat with the final defeat. One of my all-time favorite quotes from one of my all-time favorite movies is the movie on Winston Churchill, and it's, Success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. Brilliant, brilliant uh, insight there. And then uh, Robert Orban, who's a a comedian, said, don't think of it as failure. Think of it as time-released success. (laughs) Good stuff. It's like a capsule. And that's a good way to think about it. So acknowledge it. You know, in an upcoming episode, as I talk about people who've overcome failures, you know, Michael Jordan and all the shots he missed and Abraham Lincoln and all the elections he lost. It's just the story. It's the story of success. Every book of success has chapters of failure. So again, uh, let's talk about fail again, fail better, is what do successful people do? They learn from failure. 
Thomas Edison, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. He was talking about the light bulb. He was talking about the light bulb. Now, I, I, 10,000 ways of not doing something, boy, that, that's a grind. That's a determination. But that's why this guy ended up with over 850 patents, considered one of the greatest inventors of all time, one of the most significant human beings who ever lived, who experienced more failure than probably all of us will ever experience. So we have to, you know, recognize that, you know, we're going to learn from the failure. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Failure is a side effect of innovation. So run towards your mistakes and learn from them. Uh, some, just some great stuff out there. Lastly, in Fail Again, Fail Better, successful people believe failure is temporary and not permanent. And this is really important. It's really important because when people believe they are a failure and it's permanent, that leads to depression, that leads to a downward spiral, that can lead to dark thoughts. And so we just have to understand that it's temporary and it's not permanent. You know, things change. The sun rises in the morning. Walter Burnell said, failure is the tuition you pay for success. And it is part of it. And some of you may, you're hearing this stuff about failure. I don't know if I want to pay that price. I will say this. You are going to fail in life no matter what. No matter what. So if you don't try, that is the ultimate fail. So when you continue to try, you're going to have some failure, but you ultimately, if you learn from it, you're going to be a success. So why not embrace the failure and succeed? Why not be a winner? You know, Tiger Woods, the the greatest golf champion of all time. I'm a big Jack Nicklaus fan, and that was my hero growing up. But Tiger Woods, nobody's ever won at the rate Tiger Woods won. Tiger Woods lost 70-some percent of the time. And uh, he's the greatest winner in the history of the sport. Became bigger than golf, uh, you know, a sports figure, bigger than sports. But he, he lost a lot. So we just have to understand that's where it's at. So we want to fail again and fail better because that's how successful people think of it. They acknowledge the failure, they learn from the failure, and they know it's just temporary, not permanent. And then lastly, be the comeback kid. You know, that's just like deal. And I, I love this phrase. Even if you're 80 years old, you can be a kid again on the comeback trail. Because I think the comeback trail makes you feel young. It makes you feel vibrant. It makes you feel energetic. You know, you're on the trail. You're learning. You're growing. You're at your best. Not burned up and being beat up and I'm and, and just done. Just toast. No. So here's what we're going to do to be the comeback kid. We're going to fail fast. We're going to reflect to recover and pivot and restart. So, fail fast. If you have to fail, just get it over with. You know, again, Zig Ziglar used to say about doing difficult things, if you're going to eat a frog, do it quickly, because the longer you look at it, it ain't going to get any prettier. Okay? So, Tom Kelly said, fail early, fail often, in order to succeed sooner. Okay? John Maxwell said, fail early, fail often, but always fail forward. Keep learning. Tom Peters, you know, brilliant, brilliant consultant said, test fast, fail fast, and adjust fast. And that's, he's talking about marketing and business. You know, that same Northwestern study from 2019 found that the faster you fail, the better your chances of success. The more time between attempts, the more likely you are to fail again. So you fall off the wagon, you lose, you go back. The quicker you get back on the wagon, the more successful you become. The longer the distance and the time frame between attempts ultimately becomes more challenging. 
And so we've all done this. How, you know, how many people have bought a piece of exercise equipment and tried to lose weight and do this and do that, and it just didn't work? And then the new year rolls around, and you had too much over the Christmas holidays and so on and so forth, and it's like, here we go again. And didn't you do this last year? And didn't you do it the year before? Just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. You know, who knows when it's going to happen? Who knows what day it's going to click in? Who knows when it's just going to be the motivation and you're there? Powerful stuff. So we want to be that comeback kid. And one of the things we talked about is we need to reflect to recover. We got to reflect. If you have no reflection about a failure, you'll fail again the same way in the future, right? And what they say, the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Dolly Parton said, I thank God for my failures, maybe not at the time, but after some reflection. I never feel like a failure just because I tried something and it failed. John Dewey said, we do not learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. So good. And then failure, according to Henry Ford, is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. You know, I'm naming presidents and prime ministers and sports people and you name it, like people at the top who are intimately acquainted with setbacks and failure. And I could do a whole, I mean, I could do a couple of shows on all the stuff I've tried and all the stuff that didn't work out. Oh my goodness. It's just what happens is when you learn this and you have this experiential knowledge, that's why you become so convinced of the success principles, because you find out what works. You also find out what doesn't work. And people are the same, because throughout the generations, we try the same thing again. I see the get-rich-quick merchants, and I see it again and again and again. Why? Because I tried some of that stuff. And so I see it over and over again. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to have a better marriage. I'm trying to do this. Here's the shortcuts. Here's the this. Here's the success leaves clues. And those of us who are committed to living the good life are willing to persist and persevere to get to that best version of it on a daily basis. And I believe the good life is not so much a destination, but the journey to get there, right? The pursuit of happiness is the happiness itself. Harvard Business Review study found that employees who spend 15 minutes at the end of the day reflecting on lessons learned performed 23% better after 10 days than those who did not self-reflect. So just call a little time out, you know, a walk, a journal, whatever it is, to analyze your day, analyze your patterns, analyze what's gone well, analyze where the setbacks have been, and can we make changes as opposed to always, always, always doing the same thing. There's an old verse in the scripture say, a weary dog returns to his own vomit. And it's kind of like the, the dog eating its own throw up. And then, yeah, that's pretty nasty. Well, it's always the same thing, pretty nasty, when we go back to the same mistake over and over again, with the same communication mistake, the same work style, the same interpersonal mistake. And we do it over and over so let's be that comeback kid. And the last thing here is to pivot and restart. Failure is just a detour, not a dead end. Dennis Waitley again says, the extra energy required to make another effort is the secret of winning. The extra energy required to make another effort. Sometimes people are actually on the 10-yard line, ready to go in for the winning touchdown, and they give up. And they've spent all this time and effort to get the 90 yards to get there. And it's just that last little bit and that last little push, and they gave up, and they gave up. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness, according to Oprah. And JFK said, those who dare to fail miserably can achieve greatly. It's good stuff. So be the comeback kid. Fail fast, reflect to recover, and pivot and restart. 
So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you come back stronger. I hope this is going to help you make a good comeback. I hope you realize that failure stinks, that we want to fail again and fail better, but ultimately be the comeback kid. Maybe that's the starting thing you start saying to yourself, I'm just a comeback kid. Maybe it's in your finances. I'm the comeback kid. Maybe it's in your health or weight. I'm the comeback kid. Maybe it's in your business. I'm the comeback kid. Maybe it's in your relationships. I'm the comeback kid. And start calling yourself that and start thinking like that and keep pursuing it. Hopefully this has been helpful for you today. It's a privilege to be on your journey in life with you. We hope that these broadcasts add to the quality of your good life. And to finish off here today, I'm going to ask my mom to share an Irish blessing that ultimately is the very essence of the good life and what we're trying to get done with this show. Thanks for joining me. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.